like i guess adding an intro and end and taking out the ums yeah yeah taking out the ums is i know how your um looks like by the shape of the sound wave that's um that's a level of intimacy i never thought we'd have it's a level of intimacy i didn't realize was possible (laughs) (laughs) you guys are making a podcast for this so welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris and me graham jones and this week we are talking about food so our best movie food glorious glorious food i realized and maybe maybe this is maybe this is an insight into how unprofessional we are but i listened to some other podcasts which i wouldn't recommend listener just 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 stick with us but in a lot of cases, they kind of introduce what they do in the podcast. And I realised the other day that we never do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, no one asked us to do it, so no one cares. Yeah, true. So, yeah, we're talking about food. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about food. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, each week. And because we kept struggling to... I think the first two episodes we did, and then yeah. it was just like, ah, they're along for the ride now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they'll know what happens. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't got it by now. It's quite easy. We rank shit. Um, movie that, shit that, would be that a good was, episode. That, that was rank, <laughs> rank shit. Just, just you have to enunciate when you say things like that, Ian. Nicely, nicely done. <laughs> so, like I said, this week we are talking about movie uh, our top three lists of movie meals. So, how did you interpret that? Um, I was after. Well, there was a couple of ways. Um, iconic movie meals i think that there are certain meals up there that just like they spring to mind straight away but it also had to be something that i wanted to eat and i think that is that's key with this you need to want to chow down you want to reach through the screen and pick up the food and stuff in your face how about you yeah so like for for me it is it was kind of split into two so between like you said kind of like the actual food uh, but also, you kind of have to factor in, like, the experience of, like, the actual meal part of it is quite a big aspect, too, I think. Because it's not just it's not just what you're eating, Graham, it's also partly the experience. Well, if that's the case, I might need a therapist. <laughs> but, but we will come on to that. <laughs> so, because we are talking about food, and... I'm not going to say we're foodies because I find that term really wanky. Yeah, but we are though, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we enjoy our... And there's there's no way to say we enjoy our food without me sounding like... <laughs> and I've put on a lot of weight. <laughs> oh, Ian, Ian does enjoy <laughs> his food. <laughs> yeah. So because we're going to be talking about food, we thought we would talk through our favourite, our dream meal. Let's let's not beat around the bush. We're gonna rip off the off-menu podcast for our intro, um, or should we? We'll make it like just different enough that nobody can sue us. Okay. Also, it, I'm I'm coming. the The last thing I listened to before recording tonight was the Rafe Spool episode of Off Menu. Yeah. Um, where he chose 
all the food. <laughs> so all the food. This is going to be tricky to be um, unique uh, after listening to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with what I've gone for. I think I spent more time on. I'd say I spent more time than this than researching the episode. This is something I've been thinking about since Off Menu became a podcast. Yeah, we've at least we've definitely had this conversation at least three times. And it's been three different, different choices each time. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're, obviously we're not going to do we're not going to rip it off entirely. So there is Pumpernoms on bread, Ian. Pumpernoms on bread. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. That actually legitimately scared (laughs) the shit out of me. I see Um, why they do it now. Yeah, we we won't do that bit. But I just wanted to yell at you. I told you I wanted to yell at you, and it still surprised you. So I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm surprised they could still do a podcast after that because if you, it does knock you for six a little bit. Yeah. It's like that time yeah. when I introduced the podcast and you didn't know what was going on. That was just I yeah. Again, muscle memory is real. <laughs> okay, so we we'll take we'll take those aspects out. So are we gonna go course by course? Like I'll do one, you do one? We'll go we'll go course by course. Okay. You said that like we're gonna be drafting a meal. <laughs> I mean we kind of are. Yes. I'm gonna take beef. Uh who's going first? I will defer to you, okay. my friend. So for my starter, I would choose a pan Asian platter. So I'm going to have some gyoza, nicely like crisped up variations. So some, some prawns, some chicken, some vegetable, uh, a few bao buns. There's a place in Spitalfield Market that does really, really good bao buns. Uh, I would like their pork one and their mushroom teriyaki one. And oh. then like a small selection of like uh, sushi. So a couple of like salmon and avocado rolls little bit of salmon sashimi and maybe like a a few like this is edamame and seaweed bits given that we we recorded an episode on uh erotic dancing this is the most erotic the podcast has ever been (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's my starter okay mine uh mine mine's a bit simpler than that because i'm not a a fancy man uh wings (laughs) i'm torn between two right so the left and the right just yeah left right some kfc usually has one in the middle <laughs> um so either the buffalo hot wings from butchies in shoreditch right which is a place i discovered i said that like i was a shitty explorer <laughs> <laughs> i discovered butchies on the eve of the fourth night no so i i Went there for the first time with a work friend at lunchtime because our offices aren't that far from there. And I'm really glad I didn't learn of it sooner because I would have spent all my money and been in even shitter shape than I am now. Because <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but I think I might go for the distinctly underrated Winger Winger Chicken Dinner from Patty and Bun. Nice. The Patty and Bun ones are very good. The Patty and Bun wings are incredible. But they don't travel very well, so I think because of the way they're done, because they're not they're not connected to the chicken anymore. So. Yeah, exactly, and it just gets a bit weird. But I don't know what it is about them. But if you order them like a takeaway thing, they're generally kind of a bit soggy. Yeah. So I've really missed them because you can't replicate it unless you're getting them there. I think they think because they're deep fried, right? They're the deep fried kind of wings that are then covered in the sauce. Yeah, so I think it's it's like a confit thing, so I think it's quite fatty. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is yeah, if you don't, if the sauce sits on that for too long, I think it's gonna yeah. kind of degrade the. Yeah, yeah. So it loses it loses its crunch. Yeah. But they're incredible. I will I will regularly go 
to Patty and Bun just for the wings. They're very good, and they are the full wing as well, right? It's the no, yeah. So it is it is split, so okay. it's not the full wing. Which I kind of, to be fair, I kind of like because you have to snap it in half anyway. So it's good to have them. It's good to have them split. It depends, but there's a lot of like duck fat used in making them. Oh, they're just they're just amazing. I'm getting weirdly emotional thinking about it. Before I move on to my main course, have you started recording? Yes. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would have been you, awkward. You, you didn't announce it. You normally announce it, and I know we've been there before. I Oh, no, I've never not started recording. I know, you just stopped recording. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a completely a yeah. completely different thing. Okay. Yeah, so it's the, the Wigger Wigger Chicken Dinner is an 18-hour confit chicken wing. Nice. Don't know what any of that shit means, but it's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> so, what what is the what is our fictional waiter bringing bringing you for your main? Um, our fictional waiter, who is mm, no, actually, I can't ignore that bit. A minotaur. <laughs> What's Sean William Scott from Role Models? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, our fictional waiter. Just to make sure he's okay, so it will be Sean William Scott and then Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> and then each time they bring us a meal, it's just like, are you, are you okay? And also Christopher Mintz Plaza, because he's not been in stuff for a while. Anyway, we're getting completely off. I say we're getting off topic. This is already off topic for a movie podcast. However, yeah, it's, it's off It's off menu for, uh, nice. for a movie podcast. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so my main is a fry up with everything. A fry up, nice. I think, is my favorite meal. I'm having at least three fried eggs. Hash browns, American style. I want sausages, bacon, black pudding, white pudding, fried bread, toast. Chuck some scrambled egg on there as well. Why not? Let's double up. Beans. I think I've covered everything. A bit of brown sauce, HP. What for you, what for you is the most important part of the... The eggs need to be done right. If the eggs aren't right, it throws everything off. There's mm. nothing worse than like an overdone fried egg or like... A fried egg where the yolk's quite nice, but there's like the the this this like the re- the resting layer of raw egg, yeah, at the top of it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the semeny whites, but maybe I don't want that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? It's the <laughs> uh, you mean the the white you get on navy uniforms. That, that's what you you mean, right? <laughs> that, that's what we're that's that, what we're that could for. be construed in a number of ways as well. But um. oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so a fry up, so a yeah. Fry no, up. I think you're right. I think I uh, I think hash browns are a very underrated part mm. of a fry up. Again, so similar to kind of what we talked about with the wing, there needs to be a bit of crunch to it, but not too much that you don't have the potato in the middle. Yep, yep, I agree. A very close second to my massive fry up with everything was chicken and waffles from Roscoe's in California because oh my god, oh so good. Are you a fried bread or a toast man? Uh. As I said earlier, both. <laughs> nice. So toast for dipping in the egg, fried bread for like the beans and shit. Nice. Given we both hail from West London, uh, we used to have the Wonder Calf, mm. and they do like a breakfast challenge. That part of me always wanted to, yeah, consider. I feel like that's the one thing I could do. The only problem is it's basically a whole loaf of bread. I think half of it is toasted and half of it is fried. That the bread, the bread's what is what's going to do you in on something like that. So yeah, so the one to calf breakfast challenge is four fried slices, 
four slices of toast, four eggs, six sausages, six rashes of bacon, six hash browns, four black pudding, plum tomatoes, beans, and mushrooms, and you have 45 minutes to finish it. Yeah, the 45 minutes bit is going to be the tricky part as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's only... So, so the first time I read that, I think I interpreted it as full pieces of bread, but it's not a slice is half. Oh. So that's half the bread I thought it was. I think I could do that. I wouldn't be pleased with myself. My girlfriend would leave me, but I think I could do that. We could do it. We could do it together. We could we could lady in the trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing more romantic than trying not to throw up. <laughs> On that note, what's your main? Uh, so my main, um, I was very close to going a fry up, close to going like kind of like a Hawksmoor steak, something like that. I was close to going a meal I've never had before because I really want to go to Franklin's for the brisket in Austin. I think it's Austin. But for my main, I'm going for the Bleaker Black from Bleaker Burger, which is by far the best burger I've ever had. It's, It's a double cheeseburger with black pudding in between the two patties. And it's it's fucking unreal. I'm not sure they do it anymore. The great thing with Bleecker is it used to be... I still remember when it was just a food truck. Yeah. And you had to check on their Instagram or Twitter to see where they were going to be at any given time. They've now got a couple of brick and mortar places. So I think there's one in Spitalfields. I think there's one in Victoria. I'm sure there's another couple, but it's, it's an absolute other level. It's that one of the few things I don't mind bigging up because I know it's going to live up to the hype of it. Yeah. But I've based entire days out in London around the simple fact of we're going to get this. <laughs> I, I've I've based entire holidays around certain certain meals, so that's yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, it's I have missed. I I know. So we went to well, we're going to a street food thing this weekend. We are. I'm looking very much but looking it, forward it, to that. But it's not quite the same as just finding a food truck while wandering around kind of thing yeah i found not quite the same as a food truck but i was in london uh on saturday i went to like a sample sale thing in in east london and we were queuing outside and there was the a small coffee truck like tiny and this guy was obviously making and selling coffee which was incredible um but he also had like it was like three different like pastry things and that was it but they really so we we bought, bought this banana bread that he'd done and it was like phenomenal. I paid far too much money for it, but it was phenomenal. And and that plus just like an Americano and it was, it, again, one of those things that completely stumbled across. It just happened to be there where we were and we needed coffee and food because it was like yeah. 10 o'clock on a Saturday. And yeah, just, just so good. But you're right, kind of stumbling across something like that is so much better than... Uh, not so much better, but it's just there's a there's a level of like the serendipity of it. You're just like, ah, oh. it's it's extremely satisfying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I used to love. You you would get a lot kind of like South Bank, uh, along the Thames when the weather's good, or just stumbling into like what became bigger and bigger, kind of just before lockdown, which is a shame. But like the permanent inverted commas street food places. Yeah. So where you'd have certain vendors there for a certain amount of time and there'd just be a load of benches in the middle. Hawker House, I think, was one. Uh, I'd been there and that was amazing. But that just felt like you were 
it felt like you were in Demolition Man, which is weird given that scene in Demolition Man is about eating rat. Yeah, there's a few like there's like the Dinorama is is another one. There's one which is like an old, old um, petrol station or something. Oh really? I've I've not seen that one. I think so. What are you having for your side? <laughs> My side. <laughs> Uh, we're going to North America. I'm getting three tacos from the Taco Fino taco truck in Tofino on Vancouver Island. I'm having two fish. I'm having one beef. I'm going to have cover them in Cholula hot sauce. Nice. You said that very aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> like I was trying to take them away from you. <laughs> oh, you. I mean, you would see aggression if you tried to take them away from me. They were. They are unreal. You, ca- you can't have three grams. I'm going to have two fish. <laughs> I'm going to have one of these. So talk me talk me through them. Six inch flour tacos. The cod, uh, so the fish ones are like in a nice light batter cod. You've got slaw. You've got some like pickled veg in there. Cover them in hot sauce. Delicious. Beef ones, very similar, but with beef, obviously. The fish of the land. I always thought chickens were more the fish of the land. Really? Yeah. But I think maybe because they're smaller. Well, yeah, but you can get big fish. Like, sharks are big. Yeah, true. <laughs> this is interesting. I don't know why I'm now legitimately saying, like, oh, yeah, good point. What is the... The correct answer is, who cares? We all are. Because our ancestors crawled from the sea. <laughs> with the beef one, it comes with a sriracha mayo alongside the pickled veg. It's delicious. Nice. Um, and the likelihood is is you're eating it while standing in the rain because when you're in Tofino on Vancouver Island, it sounds exotic, but the weather is basically the same as England in that it's raining most of the time and it's quite grey. Oh, nice. Or if you go from today, hail. Yeah. Which was unexpected, confusing, and obviously I had to message my parents. Lovely, lovely um, spring weather we're having. Lovely. So my side, I am, I'm also going to North America, but I'm buying it in London. <laughs> So mine is all mine is all very I could get this of a weekend. Nice. Which I've just realized I might have to do. So I'm getting poutine from the poutinery. Oh, poutine is a very good shout. I do love poutine. So the the poutinery is uh another street food stall. Uh it used to set up every third Thursday in Victoria when I worked there and I'm fairly sure it was so good that's the reason I stayed there for as long as I did. <laughs> It was, it's just fucking perfect. So poutine is, so it's chips, cheese curd, gravy, but they also had rib man, rib meat. Ooh. And you had holy fuck sauce. Yep. And it was, it was delightful. Yeah, I do. I do like poutine. This, actually, cheese curds don't, don't do me in as much as other varieties of uh, dairy so i can i can cope with a cheese curd but it's what what kills me is when you see poutine on a menu and it's just cheesy chips with gravy it's like that's not don't get me wrong that's great but it's not poutine like, you need you need like, poutine has to be cheese curds you need to squeak when you eat it yeah exactly like a delighted little mouse <laughs> um, but yeah like i i would regularly sit on a wall in victoria eating uh, stuff from the poutinery and i never did go back for a second helping but i was too close sometimes um, the only reason i didn't go back for a second is because i don't know if you've ever had street food near a working place but you you kind of figure out the cues yeah yeah it's like it's always a lull like a five minute lull here so i have to go now but... have you ever have you ever done seconds have you ever just like 
you finished something, you've gone straight up and ordered the same thing again. Um, not with, not with the poutineery. I might have done it with like a side before, like more wings. But I did it uh, never, never an entire meal. I did it in an out burger in California. The first time I ever had in an out burger, and I heard so much about it. Nice. And I was like, I had a double double animal fries. Finished it. I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna get the same again. And when I got the same again, it was it was fantastic. No regrets. Yeah, I, I did have regrets when I went for. It wasn't quite going for seconds. Have I ta- I've, Have I mentioned the the night of the two kebabs on this podcast before? I don't think so, but um, so I think you need to at, u- at university, very drunk at some random rock night. Uh, decided to decided to walk home. Got a kebab from next door to the club. Was walking back. Finished the kebab, threw it away, looked up, and there was another kebab place. And I went in and got another kebab. Walked home, ate that. Woke up and forgot about it until I kind of looked at my sheets. And my sheets were just... like You know the paper you get at the bottom of pizza? Yeah, yeah. And it's just see-through. Yeah, because of all the grease. Yeah, I think I just sweated grease. Delicious. Yeah, and then I burped, and it all came flooding back to me. So that was... was, Yeah, that was a going for seconds that did not sit well with... Me, but you know, it's also not very surprising, is it? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised at no. all. And for your dessert, <laughs> for my... the dog's trying to get in on this as well. Um, for my dessert, um, we're going to stay in Europe, and we're going to go to a restaurant which I have no idea what it was called, but it was a few minutes walk from a hotel. Like Bowie, I'm telling the tiramisu story. Shh. Um, it was a few minutes walk from the hotel in Milan. <laughs> What? What's he barking at? I I wish I fucking knew, Ian. I wish I fucking knew. <laughs> what do you need? We just went out to the toilet. Wait, we? <laughs> you both went well, out I, to the toilet? I took him. <laughs> well, if he's going to go, it makes it feel more comfortable if I go as well. <laughs> You've had your bone? You've had dinner? What do you want? Are you just being a dick? See, when I'm talking at him, no barking... I'll start talking to you again, and I guarantee you'll start barking again. Okay. Right. So tiramisu. So, little ho- little, staying in Milan, um, little restaurant just outside of the centre of Milan, near the hotel. Can't remember what it was called. It was the type of place where there were loads of locals, so you know it's kind of a, a good good place to be eating food. Just, just, just want to raise the fact that the story is incredibly wanky. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do that. See, the dog agrees. The, the dog does agree. I had a really good meal. I can't, I can't remember everything. Late. It was really late at night as well. And Bowie, fuck off, honestly. Shush. What do you want? What do you want? I'm gonna. I'm gonna take him out again quickly, just to. Just... That's cool. Do you want to see if, like, yeah, like if little Timmy's down the well or something? I think that may be, <laughs> may be the case. He needed a shit. Turns out, I took him out earlier, like just before we started recording, just needed a piss, but now needed a shit. So yeah. Yeah, had a really nice tiramisu in Milan. Nice. But I also know I could never find the place again. So that kind of adds to the mystique of it. You, you can cobble something together from all of that bullshit I spoke about just to get to, like, tiramisu from Milan. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. And... It'll be fine. So, so my dessert, 
and we are going to Japan via, again, just London, <laughs> is... So it's a place where I think I could have picked every single course from. So Shack for You mm-hmm. in Soho. Their dessert is... So it's it's like Kanako toast with matcha green tea ice cream. And it's just like really thick, I think, French toast with green tea ice cream on. And it's fucking amazing. Yes, I remember you saying this before. I've not been and I really want to because it sounds great. Yeah, we went with... Uh, I went with work and there's only what they only do one dessert and it's this and we got to dessert and i was like look just just get it and they're like oh we'll, we'll get a couple whatever and then as soon as one arrived i think my manager at the time ate a bit and then just called the waitress over it was like can we order more please <laughs> we need we need more of this but they have given it's a restaurant they have people coming in just for that yeah like i can't stress how fucking incredible it is yeah, there's not really much else to say when all I can describe it is, is well, this, this is off the fucking chain. I'm intrigued because I'm not, like, matcha seems to be one of those things that's been added to a lot of things recently, and it's like, nah, it's okay, but... I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of toast either. What? But this is the nicest thing I've ever had. You're not a fan of toast? No, like, but if, if this was on a menu next to just, like, a sticky toffee pudding or a sundae, I'd go for that. Yeah. Or I would have... <laughs> Until I had this. But that's that, That's my meal. Drink. Drink of choice. Uh, I'm going to sound even more wanky and go for a dirty martini with gin uh, with a twist. Nice. I am going to go for every beer Tiny Rebel is doing. <laughs> what, all poured into one glass? Uh, separate glasses. Okay. I, I want it to be poured along at regular intervals. Tiny Rebel is a Welsh brewery who are one of my favourite things in the world. Right now I'm drinking a rhubarb and custard sour, which should not work, but it really fucking does. That's probably one of my favourites by them. I'm drinking... Yeah. I'm, I myself am drinking out of a tiny rubble glass. As nice. Well. Oh, so, yeah, so am I. I'm going on brand. My uh, a friend of mine, uh, who's been mentioned on the podcast before because he did my pirate research for me, uh, me and him in Cardiff, I'm fairly sure nearly drank ourselves to death on the jam donut pale ale they do pump up the jam it's stronger than the taste lets on yeah well when when we went there we went to the the tap room and we got there the day we got to wales and the plan was that the day after was the big drinking day because that was when we were going to watch the rugby and i was so hungover from the first night at the tiny rugby tap room that i think i ordered one beer at the beginning of the rugby and nursed it through two games yes because i was so hungover you you held that beer like you were worried it was going to leave you (laughs) anyway um after after 50 minutes have you got a film recommendation so a film recommendation nobody asked for so because we'll we're going to be talking about food all episode i didn't want drink to feel too left out so what do you want with food you want the finest wines available to humanity so i am going for bruce robinson's 1987 with nail and i which is an incredible piece of cinema it's a classic richard e grant's in it paul mccann's in it it's fucking amazing instantly quotable very funny i did think you were going to go sideways when you spoke about wine i was contemplating sideways <laughs> maybe beer fest at a push but i thought when i think of when i think of alcohol i think of with nell and i i can't remember which there, there was a podcast i was listening to recently and they were talking about how they need to do like sideways but for the millennial craft beer generation that's the movie we're gonna write <laughs> what would you call it just like would it, it would be like craft but all lowercase yeah, I think so. Or like, yeah. or craft full stop. 
yeah, yeah, you need a, you need a full stop in there. You need proper punctuation. So if people maybe aren't into um, overindulging wine, but they would maybe like to overindulge in you know something else, um, and also have a feast at the same time. Any other movies that maybe tick that box? So one of the best movie feasts in terms of because the, the worst thing is a feast is when you can't see everything on the table. Yep. Uh, but luckily, this film has a feast outside in just brilliant daylight. So my choice is going to be Midsummer, so the Ari Aster movie. Uh, there is a great, I think in the third act, there is several scenes based around this massive dinner that is happening, all of them memorable, and one of them possibly featuring blood. <laughs> I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to dive more into it than that, because I'm worried it would kind of be a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> but lots of lots of instantly memorable things that will really creep you out and stick with you for God, how long has it been now year and a half <laughs> but yeah right so that's the longest introduction we've ever done shall we just go into the choices now yeah i think we probably should i wonder probably for the best this, this might be the first episode we've done where the um introduction is longer than the episode but we shall see so for my first choice i'm gonna go with it again we were talking about like the thoughts behind this i think of food and cinema this one comes to mind straight away. It is one of the most iconic, like, eating scenes. Interestingly, thinking about what you were saying, like, the experience might make me slightly sociopathic. Um, for, for... I, li- I like how I, I know your choices and that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for enjoying it. But the, the scene is Samuel Jackson as Jules Winfield enjoying a tasty big kahuna burger nice so big kahuna burger is a chain of hawaiian burger joints as we find out in in pulp fiction out of interest did you know that big kahuna burger has featured in some way shape or form in eight films and a series no so what's the series the series are we going to go through them all we're going we'll go through them all so pulp fiction obviously which we're talking about death proof Four, yep. four rooms, the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, of course. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yep. From Dust Till Dawn. Yep. From Dust Till Dawn, the series. Yep. And the last film, which you will never guess, is Romeo and Michelle's Romeo High School and Michelle's High School Reunion. See, <laughs> <laughs> Romeo and Michelle's High School. Like, this is obviously where this conversation was going to go. <laughs> that is fucking amazing great film we rewatched it a couple of months ago and it is funnier every single time i watch it it's the whole like they invented post-it notes right yes yeah <laughs> and then there's like a 10 minute dream sequence yeah so um clearly a cinematic we should, we should learn the dance we we should we should and you know for our for our live show where we're gonna pack out the palladium first place against well, the problem the problem i have is i only ever really wanted to play the astoria and that's gone now. So that was the first venue that came to mind, but then I had the sudden pang of sadness. Uh, the, the Astoria Two <laughs> shit. That it was because the no Astoria Two used to be the Mean Fiddler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I miss those Hammersmith Palais. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, before this becomes a dead music venue, but <laughs> dead music venue. That is an indie band name. That is. We are the dead music venues. It also could just be like a really niche, like indie venue as well like anyway it's a wanky it's a wanky club night yeah that the runner thinks it's a lot bigger than it is oh 100 percent. 
Yeah. So burgers. Burgers. So the Big Kahuna Burger is it's your t- typical American takeout burger: patty, bun, cheese, lettuce, ketchup. Although I watched the, so I'm sure this will come up a few times, mainly because I know you bought the cookbook. But I watched the binging with Babish episode where he makes the Big Kahuna Burger. He does his own twist on it, so because it's a Hawaiian burger joint, he adds pineapple and teriyaki sauce. Always thought of pineapple, but I think it's just it's called Big Kahuna. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that, because I'm, I'm, I'm an anti-pineapple and pizza kind of guy, so I don't know. It might work in a burger, but we're, we're going to stick with the what we see on screen in, in Pulp Fiction. We know for a fact it is written into movie law that it is, in fact, a tasty burger. That's what the screenplay said. We know that it should be accompanied by a nice ice-cold Sprite um, that you need to finish in one go uh, and then do the obnoxious like straw sucking um, when there's kind of no Sprite left, but um, just to make a point of the fact that you finished it. Obviously, it has the, the real benefit that it can be eaten for any meal of the day. As, as Jules says, hamburgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's As I say, it's just like one of the most iconic bits of food in cinema it's been replicated in a number of real life restaurants i think most notably there's a place in tennessee which is um, tarantino's hometown uh, sorry knoxville tennessee which is tarantino's hometown um called the in skip grill which does a big yep. kahuna burger and yeah it's just it's good old american fast food it's in a really iconic scene there is the whole bit that you know it gets all a little bit murdery after he's eaten it. A little bit murdery, yeah. If we're just focusing on the food. If we're just focusing on the food. However, even though stuff does get a little bit murdery, eating a big kahuna burger will save you from a hell of gunfire. Oh, yeah, true. So it kind of grants you this sort of, like, immortality eating it. And I think, you know, that's what I want with a meal. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I don't think you can really beat a burger. No. I know people try, but I don't think you can. What's your favourite burger? We've already kind of covered my one in the Ooh. elongated introduction section. I mm, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones out there. I do like a um, this is kind of non-specific and also ties back into my main course choice. But I do like like a breakfast burger. So like burger, mm. hash brown, bacon, fried egg. Hash brown in a burger is good. Yeah. I'm having a very good one in Australia, but also I hadn't slept for like 36 hours, so I might have been delirious. But like, <laughs> a little bit of beetroot in a burger goes a long way. Okay. Well, like roasted beetroot. Yeah, it was just kind of like, so like a, a disc the same size as the burger, but a lot thinner. Ad- adds a lot to it. Like the kind of thing where I think it brings out the flavour of other things, then it it's more that than the taste of beetroot. Okay. Interesting. But, yeah, anything for Bleecker Street. I used to have a burger blog, because I'm cool. <laughs> that's long defunct now but that took me on a nice couple of trips around london yeah but you're right though that there's few things that can beat a really good burger but even not that like there's, there are a few things that can beat a bad burger yeah true yeah like i mean mcdonald's have made billions off of it yeah 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 can't argue with that won't lie i was i was very close to going the founder just to be a prick <laughs> <laughs> i'll take a big mac for number one please actually i'll i'll, I'll throw it back like that is like a nondescript breakfast burger is definitely up there, but I would also choose the the double 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 from In and Out is like as a more simplistic, oh, nice. as shown by the fact that I went back and got one straight after finishing it. So, so you had a double, double double, a double double double, a double double double. Yeah, which is which I believe is a sixteen. 
If you double a double and then you double another double and then you double that. I double double a, a double double double. It's a double. Oh wait, no. Oh, I'm thinking fucking square roots. <laughs> Fuck me. It's the it's the classic. It's the classic um, pitfall. This is why I can't talk about burgers because my math skills aren't there. <laughs> but yeah, big Kahuna burger. I mean, it's it's got to be the most most widely recognised burger joint in cinema. It like in the sense that it spans so many universes. Oh y- yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't think. I can't think of one I would prefer. Like when I think of movie burgers, it is just Big Kahuna Burger. Mm-hmm. Even if I did think there was pineapple in it, now I know there isn't pineapple in it. I think I might prefer it. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's better without pineapple. Saying that, there there's a Hawaiian uh, Barack Obama's favorite burger place. Uh, is a Hawaiian Kurani or something. Okay. There's a couple of those in London, and they're fucking amazing. I think they're grilled over stones. I think some of those had pineapple in. Oh, I miss the real world. Yeah. What's your take on, like, the... Co- Barack Obama, I thought it was great. <laughs> the the cook-it-yourself, like, restaurants where they bring out... Like, I know it's a, it's a fun little thing, but also you kind of feel like I've just paid you for some raw meat and a stone. Um, so... So wait, so you're talking in a restaurant when they give you like the the hot plate in the middle? Yeah, or not like uh, okay. like the hot stone, like the black rock stone thing, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I I thought you were talking about like the DIY kits, and I was about to go off on a long spiel about supporting small businesses, but <laughs> we're fine then. Uh, yeah, it. I I think that comes into that is the experience of eating, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Like. What's the ones with the fucking wanky chefs who do all the... Oh, it's an onion volcano. It's hard. Hey, shrimp in the pocket, bollocks. Hibachi grills. Yeah, the food's not great. No, they're not, but I... But you don't don't leave talking about the food. No. They are good fun, actually. I went to one in... Yeah. Before and it was... But I think it's similar. I think it's it's a communal kind of thing, isn't it? Because really, Graham, isn't that not what food is? Speaking to the man who lives alone five days of the week. Yeah, I really need to stop going to these um, <laughs> these DIY barbecue restaurants on my own. It's really killing the vibe. Yeah, that, that's that's why you don't like. That's why it feels like a rip off. <laughs> it's just a lonely man with a stone and a steak, <laughs> just sitting sitting in. It's like Benny Harder, right? It's the one of the batchy places. Benny Harder's the is the it, like yeah. Is is yeah? Is anyone else coming, sir? No. <laughs> Do the volcano, please. <laughs> I would like a volcano. <laughs> Uh, it would be less less soul destroying if it wasn't true. But yeah, big Kahuna burger, big Kahuna burger and a sprite. Why the fuck not? Before we go into my next choice, I want to briefly touch on an honourable mention that I feel like I have to talk about. Okay. So my honourable mention is a TV show, and it is a TV show that makes me hungry every time I watch it. Right. And that is I Zombie. Have you watched iZombie? Yeah, I, I I really didn't like it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a detective series where there's a zombie and when she eats people's brains, she gets visions of their life and that's how they solve crime. But there's always cooking scenes where she's cooking the dude's brain. Right. And every single time it looks amazing. <laughs> like she'll do like brain tacos, a brain burrito, a brain burger, like all of that stuff. And it's like, this looks, am- oh wait, it's supposed to be brain. I know it's not actually brain, but there's a deep, there is part of you that's not very comfortable with that. So my actual cho- first choice is, is brain. We're going brain. Dawn of yeah. the Dead. 
Temple of Doom, the <laughs> monkey brains. Um, no, so we're going Tarantino adjacent. Right. We are going to Mexico. We are in 2003. And it is a meal that is so good, it was worth killing for. So I am talking about Porco Pabil from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Nice. So Porco Pabil is the meal Johnny Depp's CIA agent gets in every single place he goes to. It's a slow roasted pork and he gets it with tequila and lime. And in one pivotal, or not pivotal scene, one famous scene, it's so good to bring balance back to the universe, he feels like he has to kill the chef. I, I mean, that's, that's, a level of, um, that's a level of extra, I think, we could all aspire to. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we, we talked about El Mariachi before, and on El Mariachi, he had a 10-minute film school. Uh, with Once Upon a Time in Mexico, he had a 10-minute cooking school where he talks you through how to make this dish. And I think that snippet was the first time I started thinking about complicated food. Right. So I, I don't think I'd really given a shit about it. Like my brother was always the one who really cooked all the fancy stuff. I thought it was all a bit pretentious. But then you see him kind of talking through it all, and it just seems so nice. And one of the main reasons I think this is amazing is because slow-cooked food is good food. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, it, it's. I've never made this myself. I've always wanted to. But given we live in London... Or given that I, at the time when I was watching this a lot, I lived in a West London suburb, it was very hard to get things like the banana leaves you need, <laughs> or like anatto seeds, which I still don't know what they are. Like there was a lot of, it's very, I think it would be a very simple dish to cook if you were in Mexico or probably even like Texas or California or something. But in London, it's a fucking pain. But the way it's described, I think always sticks out for me. So it's literally just, I think Johnny Depp's line is just, it's slow roasted pork, nothing fancy. And it's like, you know what? That sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't need anything else than that. But yeah, it, it had like a really, like we've kind of talked about before, like the El Mariachi trilogy has had like a weirdly profound impact on my life. <laughs> so it, obviously it started, started our friendship. Yep. The, the lending of the box set, which we covered on a previous episode. It arguably got me interested in, like, the idea of cooking. So, from that uh, that cooking school video, I then started thinking about other more complicated stuff that maybe we could cook. And that's kind of really what made me kind of start falling in love with all of that stuff. Is this why you and now hate also... toast? Because toast is, like, the most simple thing you can cook. Uh, I, I prefer to call it grilled bread. <laughs> A nice bit of grilled sourdough. No, I mean, like, you wouldn't pick toast over a fucking ice cream sundae. Well. Right? I think that's, I think that's a fair comment. Unless, unless you're having breakfast. <laughs> another, and obviously another big thing with uh, Robert Rodriguez and the whole Al Mariachi series is the whole mindset of going out and just doing it. Which obviously really strikes home given that we're currently doing a movie-based independent podcast. So, you know, yep. it works. We are all Robert Rodriguez. Um, he talks through it briefly on an episode of The Chef Show, where he's on that and just spends the whole time cooking pizza, which is fucking amazing. I'd love. But how much, how good would it be to just chill in Robert Rodriguez's kitchen whilst he cooks you pizza and talks about movies? Like, I would die happy. I was watching that and I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe I should have got into the whole film stuff because I could, 
this is something I could be doing. And then I realised what I was actually thinking was, you know what, I really wish I was friends with Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no, I do really want a pizza oven, though. Very, very, very close to spontaneously buying one of those. But I just love slow-cooked food. Like, I, I think over, over summer, the average cooking time of anything I cook is probably about 10 hours. Like, I would regularly... We used to have... Uh, there was a weights bench in the garden over the summer because it didn't rain for weeks. And because the gyms were closed, we'd work out there. So whenever we had people over, I would smoke either like a brisket, a chicken, something like that. And you'd have to generally stay in the area to make sure nothing was going horrifically wrong. And I spent a lot of time just drinking beer, laying down on a weights bench in the sun, <laughs> waiting for this food to uh, sort itself out. And I was like, you know what, this is... I could see why people like this. This was up until the point you bought yourself a Wi-Fi thermometer, right? Bluetooth thermometer, sorry. Oh, that that the early days, yeah. But you still need to you still need to be around to be able to monitor temperature. So mine's it's um it's uh an airflow thing. It's not like an an electronic thing. You can't like fuck off. You still have to be there. And if you're going to be hanging around watching a thermometer, you may as well do it in the garden with a beer. I yeah. One brisket, I read uh, three quarters of Sam Warburton's autobiography. It's great. That's the best way to measure a brisket, is how far into a book you can get while it's doing. Yeah. I remember I used to do that on walks at uni between lecture, like... Smoke, smoke a brisket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just... Just, um... <laughs> just dragging a smoker with you. <laughs> oh, it's that guy again. <laughs> Smoky Brisket Jones. <laughs> I used to time, like, the distances between things in, like how much of an album I could get through. So I knew I could do, like, the entirety of Orchestra of Wolves between, like, walking from the psychology box back to my uh, halls. Oh, nice. It's quite a, quite a punchy short album, that one. Yeah, that, that, that works. I, I used to do... When I was doing interval training, I'd make a playlist of exactly three-minute-long songs. Okay. So that I knew whenever a song changed, I had to change pace. Nice. And now... I don't run. <laughs> it's been a tough lock. I don't run, but I have smoked a brisket for 12 hours. So, yeah. Ideally, when you cook food, you want to have to prep it for two days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what I have, I should have mentioned it in the introduction, but what I'm going to try to do, so whatever our top three list is, I'm going to try and cook them. Nice. I like that. So like you said, so Binging with Babish does a Pork Opa Beal episode. And I bought his cookbook because it seemed like a good idea at the time. And the vast... Five of our six choices are in that book. Excellent. So it just seems to make sense. And it's not like we have anything else to it do. It also makes sense to, to wait until I can come over and eat them as well. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think I think it would only be only be fair. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, practice, I'll practice this week. <laughs> and then when we're... When the world allows us to, we will cook the best one and we'll watch Purple Rain. Nice. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Can we just watch Vampire's Kiss again? Yes. Vampire's, we'll double Vampire's Kiss, Desperado, <laughs> and Purple Rain. That is... Uh, th this is why we're not allowed to um, put on movie nights anywhere. <laughs> no. And also, I'm aware that I said Desperado and not Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but Desperado is the superior film. Yeah, it's the best of the trilogy. I, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is fun, but... I think that's all it is. I enjoy watching it. I rewatched it um, the other day, and it's great. I forgot, always forget Enrique Iglesias rocks up until he rocks up 
him and his large mole that isn't there anymore, right? He had it removed. I don't, I don't know. I, I also can't remember whether he had the flamethrower guitar or the remote control explosive car guitar. I feel like it was the flamethrower one, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, so that's my first choice. I just, is... All I know is that he can be your hero, baby. I don't know enough Enrique Iglesias songs to make a follow-up comment. <laughs> he has more than one song. But anyway, Pork. Uh, Slow Cut Pork. That's really it, to be honest. Slow Cut Pork and a meal so good Johnny Depp murdered a man. For my second choice, I'm going to... We're going to go from Slow Cooked Pork that takes a really long time to prepare to... Slow cooked pork that takes a really long time <laughs> to prepare, and that is the basis for the filling of the Cubano from Chef. Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> so we've spoken about Chef a few times on this podcast, mainly um, for its emotional impact on Ian. This is so good, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a great film. Won't dive into the um, the story too much. We've spoken about it a lot. This was a film where there were a lot of other clothes. I like. I could have done all three of my choices from Chef. I was contemplating it, but I thought no. <laughs> You've got uh, Scarlet's pasta, which I'm assuming is the right name for it. But well, the pasta dish he picks for he cooks for Scott Johansson. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I I I just love the fact that that John Favreau wrote that he his two, he had two love interests in a film and they were Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara and um, molten lava cake <laughs> I mean like creative license oh yeah uh, the grilled cheese as well just purely for the the crunch mm. it's but I think the the Cubano is the iconic meal from this this movie it, it is essentially the sandwich that like launches the food truck it has a real element of bringing the family to, back together rejuvenating the bond between Carl and Percy, which I didn't realise until looking into this again that his kid was called Percy and maybe that's why he hated his dad. I think I didn't realise that was the plot of the film. (laughs) I thought it was just about a boy and his son really likes sandwiches. (laughs) And yeah, it kind of, it becomes the basis for like relaunching his career as well because off the back of the success of the food truck, he gets the like the big deal to have his own restaurant and everything. But yeah, so Cubano, so it it consists of Cuban bread Butter. So much butter. <laughs> Any so I've watched a lot of cooking shows over the last year, and what has taught me is restaurant food is nice because the chefs use a lot of butter and a lot of salt. Yep. So basically they just don't care about your health and I can get behind that. Yeah, it's the same on any like even any cookery show that's on TV. You just like even like something like Saturday morning kitchen, they cook it with like they're using like a stick of butter and all the salt. It's like of course it tastes good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I like butter. <laughs> Butter's great. But yeah, loads and loads of butter. There's mustard, pickles, Swiss cheese, sliced ham, and roast pork. And the roast pork is, is the critical piece in this, um, which we'll come on to. It's all between all between the Cuban bread. It's lovingly toasted to golden perfection and melty cheese goodness. The pork, as I say, isn't any old pork, so it's a roast mojo pork that has been brined for 12 hours, marinated for a further two, slowly roasted. Minimum. Minimum, preferably overnight. Slowly roasted and sliced wafer thin. And Ian is so passionate about this because he's made this dish on, on a number of occasions. 
It's so good. <laughs> I think the brine, lots of there's like orange juice, lots of citrusy flavors, garlic, rum, um, rum, all the things, all the things you need. Rum ham is a crossover with it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's, it's an expanded ham universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, the pork verse, if you will. Yeah. So yeah, I think part of it as well, and I guess there's an element of this because they expand on it during the chef show um, and they they cook it as well, but. The whole sort of like processes like in creating it is almost kind of hypnotic and it does it sounds really cheesy and it is because there's Swiss cheese in it but you kind of like there's the elements of like the love and care going into making these sandwiches that makes them feel like more than sandwiches (laughs) that's even wankier than tiramisu outside Milan But you know what I mean. But also, I 100% agree. <laughs> in, in, in Chef, he shows more love and affection to a sandwich than his own son. <laughs> yeah. But there's just, I don't know, and I really want it. Like, I really want that sandwich. But yeah, just... Oh, God, I love it so much. Just so good. But you, did you did you ever make the actual sandwiches? You just I know you did the. the so I, I've made I've made the sandwich, but we we didn't have the actual Cuban roll. So I want to try it with the actual Cuban right. roll. So we've done it with just kind of not not French bread, just kind of like a baton kind of thing. Yeah, and it's still so good. But the the pork. So I've made the pork a couple of times, and we've also we've prepared lamb the same way. Okay, and it still works with lamb. But it's I would recommend it to. So again, there was a binging with Babish episode on it. Or the chef show covers it too. But it's one of those meals where you cook it yourself, you'll cut off a little bit from the edge, you'll eat it, and then you'll immediately say, holy fuck, and seek out somebody else to try some. Because it's like, this is as good as I think it is, right? Yeah. Like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a genius. <laughs> I, wa- I watched the binging with Babish episode on it today, and he's, there's the bit where it just cuts away from his usual voiceover, and he's like, oh my god. Oh my god. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and he has to turn the, the hab around mm-hmm. to hide how much of it he's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it is a proper... You, you'd struggle to serve it to people because it is like a one for you. You'll get full before you actually sit down to eat yeah. it. Yeah, and so so he actually has... Um, he's got a tattoo from Chef as well, hasn't he? The, it's the, the, the pasta fork, right? Fork, yeah, yeah. On his, on his forearm. But yeah, it's just... Well, John, John Favre does the forward for his cookbook. Oh, nice. I'm assuming John Favreau, the director, and not Obama's old scriptwriter, who is well, also, also called John Favreau. I, assume, I assumed it was the director. Which has made it, until I realised it, reading Obama's autobiography and him talking about John Favreau really confused me for a minute. Because I was like, you know, who was the... Um... Just loves Iron Man. <laughs> was it Cal, Cal Penn who was in House? Cal Penn. He got killed off of House to go work with Obama. Yeah, and I just I wondered if it was just like Obama had just had this like <laughs> he had this exodus from Hollywood into his cabinet. So, yeah, no, just just Cal Penn. Exodus from Hollywood. <laughs> the Cubano from Chef again. It is an iconic meal in an iconic movie about food. It stands out above a whole range of other dishes that I also want to stuff in my face. But this this takes the takes the biscuit. This is what I want. It's the most sexual podcast we've done. <laughs> this for me is, so it's more about the experience of eating and not, not the process of a meal, but what a meal can be. So it is a feast. It is arguably 
I think, one of the most iconic movie feasts. And the only ingredient is imagination. <laughs> uh, so I'm, of course, talking about Hook. So the meal scene in Hook, which is... I, I still stand by it. It's fucking amazing. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And not just because Robin Williams calls a child a nearsighted gynecologist. Because <laughs> that, that's a thing that's said in a kid's film. The meal and hook is just a table. So Robin Williams is, Peter Pan is at the table with all of the Lost Boys. He still doesn't believe he's Peter Pan yet. And to him, it just looks empty. And to everybody else, it's full of food. And it's only when he acknowledges kind of his inner child and wins this slagging off match with Rufio. Rufio! One of the best movie names, I think. He catapults a spoon at Rufio, what looks to him like an empty spoon, and when it hits Rufio's face, it's just like colourful cream. And then you zoom out, and the table's full of just fucking everything. Turns out, that table was $50,000 worth of food. (laughs) So the actor who played Rufio, I didn't know his name, which is annoying, has obviously been interviewed through it for the, the 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 what three decades afterwards now so this was 1991 the the more iconic stuff is the brightly colored basically foam it turns out that was just cream so steven spielberg just fed a load of cream to a load of kids like can you imagine the fucking the sheer hype and robin williams yeah just the sheer hyperactivity after that but there's also like pies there's massive like wheels of cheese and things like that but i think when everyone looks back on it they just remember i think there's like a it looks like a flan and it's just like i think a load of blue cream with like red dots on it and it's just exactly what you would imagine a group of children imagining as like a big feast but it's great like it really reminds me uh, oh i'm gonna go wanky now so it really takes me back to the time in budapest <laughs> when um so we were in, we, yeah, we were in Budapest. We were very drunk at the time, and we, were you, somebody said, "Oh, were you hungry?" Hey, because Budapest is hungry. I was famished. <laughs> so somebody said, "Oh, there's like a medieval banquet place nearby. Let's go there." Right, and the answer to that is always yes. <laughs> you never turned down a medieval <laughs> banquet place. That's what my dad taught me. That's what his father taught him. <laughs> We need we did a list of all of these things that your dad and your grandfather have taught you because um it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's quite the array of life lessons. <laughs> yeah. I'll I will <laughs> listen back through. <laughs> there was a fire dancer, because of course there was, but there was no cutlery. You just kind of ordered what looked like a tasting menu, but they bought everything at once. Nice, okay. So there's like chicken, lamb, beef, meat, that kind of thing. Um, and you just sit there and just you just eat it from the table with your hands, and it was like this. I could I could get used to this. I'd be all over that. But again, we were we were trashed at the time, so I don't remember it as clearly. It could, might not have happened. <laughs> but I'm you actually just night- you just invaded a deli counter at a hypermarket in Budapest. Yeah, <laughs> shoving chicken legs and ham into your. Where's mouth. the castle? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's one of those meals that sticks out because again, a meal isn't just the food you're eating; it is the experience you're having while eating it. It's I've contemplated the whole. It's Dan's Le Noir, right? The the restaurant that's dark. Oh. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So yeah, you basically eat in the dark, right? Yeah, and the idea is you'll 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 pick from a series of uh, a menu type, so meat, vegetarian, 
weird that kind of thing yeah and then you don't see what's happening um i'm fairly sure all the waiters are blind that sounds like something they would do but yeah there's the only lighting i think is in the toilet and even that is low level lighting yeah i i like the idea of it but i also i don't know there's something about it isn't there that's just like so apparently they regularly have to tell people to shut the fuck up oh really because it's difficult to gauge volume when you can't see who you're talking to makes sense so apparently the volume just builds and builds and builds until someone has to say, guys, shut the fuck up. It would it would concern me to a degree, like, if I couldn't figure out what I was eating. Mm. Because, like, I don't know if you... There's there's a Fanta out at the moment called What the Fanta? And it's... No? Yeah, so it's just a... It's a... It's a... Sorry, that was that was a surprise. No, I haven't heard <laughs> Not a, No, there isn't, Graham. It's... Don't lie about Fanta. There's one thing I won't have people lie about to me. Um, it's bright blue. Okay. It's called What the Fanta, and there's a whole, like, promotion to, like, you try and guess what the flavour is. I know Japan's got a weird fuckload of flavours of Fanta. I have no idea. Um, I think there was a milk-flavoured one. They have lots of weird um, Kit Kat flavours as well. But yeah, like, What the Fanta. And it is... It... it is annoying that I can't tell exactly. There's definitely a citrusy hint to it, but like, I have no idea. Is it going to be like Uzo or something? Do you mean Yuzu? Yep. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. I mean, if you put Uzo in Fanta and didn't tell people, yeah, that could that, cause yeah. some problems. Good point, yep. <laughs> that's why I mispronounce it every time. I don't know why that came out Scottish. Elderflower apparently is a... Rumor. Uh, I know uh, the corner shop round us is like a, it's like a, like a shockata. What's the weirdest thing you've had? I was going to kind of cover this on my next choice, but what's the, what's the weirdest food you've actually had? I've eaten crickets. I've had crickets. Crickets are quite nice. They're kind of like pork scratchings. Yeah. The weirdest thing I've ever cooked. So we got crocodile tail, and we made uh, crocodile nuggets. Nice. Because why not? Yeah, that doesn't. I, this is going to sound weird to people, but, like, I have a real issue with, like, eating reptiles. Like, I like them so much that it kind of makes me sad, the idea of eating a crocodile. I'll eat rabbit. Fine. <laughs> but So fuck rabbits. Crocodiles are our friends. <laughs> exactly that. Good, good to know. I mean, you're welcome to it. I, I, I am of the general belief that I will... Was Darwin part of like a thing where it's like well, let's just fucking try everything why not yeah i mean that that does work i would i would yeah i'm, I'm sure there's going to be something like what is it, is it uh is it mountain oysters prairie oysters prairie oysters yeah. it's like yeah maybe not those <laughs> but also apparently they're fucking really nice. yeah but there, there are certain like i could never do the like uh, century egg oh yeah true good point there's the um, egg with yeah um, and it chicken or a bird. I don't think it's a chicken. Yeah, I think it's a bird. It's grim. At various stages of development in. Which is... Not sure about that. But also, I think mainly it's because I don't want to eat feathers. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, they had a lot of these at the um, the Hook Banquet, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we, we've already kind of covered, I think, to the point where I was close to saying, let's save the intro section for this and make this the longer section we've done. But we, we know what we would have at the Hook Banquet. Is there anything else you would want to throw down? So I, w- I would want, I kind of touched on it, the, the brisket from Franklin's. So that's in Chef as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on the Chef show. I really, I'm contemplating going to Texas just for that. Yeah, it looks so good, doesn't it? Just 
so yeah. there's also i don't know if it was on that but there was a similar one where there's this big southern guy who just all he does is smoke pigs and yes in like a barrel basically isn't yeah it? and he's got like yeah. the mop that he like yes yes i know exactly who you mean yeah i've seen him on a couple of things yeah maybe parts maybe a parts unknown maybe like a somebody feed phil yeah perhaps it's just yeah they're just mopping barbecue sauce onto this just pig. looks incredible it just i'd want a full hog i'd want a full hog yeah. cooked by that dude by that dude um i like st louis imaginary ribs. that dude yeah yeah, and obviously this is all healthy because it's not real. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis ribs are good, like a big, yeah. like, thick cut rib. Yeah, and just like bowls of like, I don't know, triple cooked chips. Like all, you need a bowl of every kind of potato. Oh, there is. Uh, there's a fish and chip shop near where my, uh, where we used to go visit my granddad. Uh, so Valenvol, and there's a. Uh, Fish and chip shop next to the brewery. That is the nicest chips I've ever had. It's it's you know when you get like good chips, there's just there's haven't haven't found one in Acton and it kills me every day. Like I haven't found decent fish and chips. My favorite, I think my favorite potato based like side. It's such a weird thing to say, but I'm with you every step of the way. Is and you don't get them a lot over here. But I fucking love tater tots. Oh, you don't get them properly. No. Yeah. A rosti is good. Yeah. Dauphinois. Hash brown. Yeah. It's your turn. Just, just, <laughs> just good, old, good old, like a really good mashed potato is good as well. Oh god, yeah. But again, that's kind of similar to what we talked about. Good food. It turns out a real. It's not. It's not the potato. It's the fact that really good mashed potato is just cream. Yeah. That's, like being poured into a jug next to a potato. <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially some of the American mashed potato, where it's literally like potato sauce, is kind of like that's that's the wrong end of mashed. Well, it's potato. like the powdered stuff is big as well, which is I get I get convenience, but smash. But yeah, so hook 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 for me. I think it's first of all, just based on the movie, it's an incredible scene that I would want to be a part of. I don't think I could come up with as good insults as substitute chemistry teacher mung tongue math tutor or camel cake but even if we just go from the food they have there it looks amazing and then if we factor in the fact that we could imagine more on top of it like the world's kind of the oyster and then launch we could have that we could have a world oyster i do love yeah. oysters oysters are great wow we've gone from showgirls to talking about eating oysters together <laughs> hook is hook i think is i think we're of the generation to appreciate it because it, it does seem to be like it's often heralded as like the weak film. I really like it. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah, like like every like it's it's viewed as like the other other Steven Spielberg movie. But yeah, I don't see it. I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's great. It's it is very 90s, but it's great. Nothing wrong with 90s. But yeah. No. So it's great. It's healthy. Yep. Is there anything we want it to be? So, before we go on to my final choice, whilst you were entertaining yourself in the toilet <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just all this talk of food i i've i was scrolling through twitter and this is allegedly a bizarre question from a job interview and i just want to get your take on what you'd answer you have been given an elephant you can't give it away or sell it what would you do with the elephant in the spirit of this episode i'd eat it <laughs> um wait so i've been given an elephant yep. 
I either have to give it away. No, you can't give it away and can't, you okay. can't sell it. What would you do with the elephant? I guess I'd befriend the elephant. <laughs> There's not really much else I could do. <laughs> like, there, there is an entire phrase devoted to how this is a terrible thing to have happened to you. <laughs> um, I would... Can you milk an elephant? <laughs> didn't, didn't specify gender. <laughs> you should. Like, I don't think elephant, like... Elephant milk's cheese or something sounds like a wanky, uh, fancy restaurant dish, doesn't it? You would, you would. I can't comment on the how good the elephant milk would be, but you could milk an elephant. To quote, uh, meet the fuck or meet the parents. You can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> I've, I'm just googling. Can can you make? Uh, is there anything called uh, that is elephant milk cheese? And I've found. Um, an article in the Smithsonian magazine called Seven of the Most Extreme Milks in the Animal Kingdom. Extreme! Extreme milk sounds like like the shittest like CBBC kids TV show. <laughs> uh, you got milk? No, I got extreme milk, bro. So apparently apparently pig's milk is very similar to cow's milk, but it's very difficult to milk a pig. So that's why we don't have pig's milk. Good to, good to know. Uh pig pigeons i would yeah i would i would become a nicer uh barnum okay so because it turns out I'm, I'm sure we'll do an episode at some point on films that got history wrong but he was a bit of a cunt <laughs> so yeah I, i'll revitalize the circus industry with my elephant i'm not allowed to get rid of or sell <laughs> Nice. Train him up, sell tickets. That's all I can really think yep. of. Maybe I will, because there'll be press coverage, because Acton Man gets given elephant, will appear on newspapers. Maybe I sell sell marketing space on the elephant. Becomes like a walking billboard. Okay. Nothing about selling goods and services based on the elephant. <laughs> no. Okay, nice. Good, 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 good segue, I guess. Nice. Your choice. My, my life's choice. Um... <laughs> I'll make the obvious leap from um, elephants to Nazis. Um, <laughs> so um, we started... Sorry, no, 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 no. Let, let's boil this down, shall we? Graham, why is it the obvious leap? <laughs> um, let's see how your bullshit, bullshit <laughs> skills are. It's easier to get milk from a pig than come up with this quickly. Well, obviously, um, whilst, you know, it's well documented that Germany had to fight on multiple fronts... Um, and one of those fronts was against the elephants. That's what the African campaign meant. Exactly that. That that was that was a better elephant joke than I thought I'd be able to come <laughs> up with. Okay, Nazis. So we started with Tarantino. We had a Cubano, and we are finishing off essentially with a Tarantino sandwich, which may be um, a very good uh, movie ah, so movie you, meal. You th- yeah, I was gonna say. So you've thrown in a hidden choice. Yeah. Every, I'm just so damn meta. So, of course, we're going... We're speaking about... I'm going to stop saying Nazis so much. So, we, of course, are going to uh, Inglorious Bastards and the fantastic strudel that Christoph Waltz as mm. Hans Lander shared. <laughs> was, was that a... That was, that was quite a sexual mm there. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good strudel, Graham. <laughs> Which um, Christoph Waltz as Hans Lander shares with... Menelie Laurent as um, Shazana, or in this scene as Emmanuel, um, as she uh, tells him uh, she is. And yeah, it's just, I mean, the scene itself, much like 
nearly all of Ingress Bastards is extremely, extremely tense. But it's kind of because they because they don't bring the cream for the stream, right? <laughs> well, you say that as a joke, but that's kind of like he he plays into that that he purposely doesn't order the cream, so he gets the opportunity to then reorder the cream in order to kind of reinforce the fact that he knows who she is. So the whole piece here is that he murdered her whole family at the beginning of the movie. She escaped, and she's pretending to be someone else to put on this screening um, at the cinema in France. And her family were dairy farmers, so he takes it upon himself to order the strudel, and then he orders the drinks too. And he orders himself a coffee, but he orders milk for Shazana as a nod to, like, I know who you are. And then later on, there's the whole bit with cream where he's like he's forgotten to order the cream but again it just feels like another like chance to make a thing out of the dairy because that kind of shows that he knows who she is and it builds the tension builds the tension uh, you look does like he, does he switch between german and french this scene i don't think so i think he speaks exclusively in french Not just, uh, it, it, again christoph waltz is one of those actors who i think there are better actors than him but the fact he can act consistently at the same level over three fucking languages is obscene. Oh, he's he is like it doesn't unbelievable. It's, this entire film is a very good film, but I I think he elevates it far above what it could have been. Yeah, like I I don't think anybody else could have made that role work at all. No, you. It's one of those roles. It's a, it's a strudel. Yes. Sorry, carry on. It's. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah, that you couldn't you couldn't recast. No. But yeah, the the strudel comes out. Look, it's it's flaky, it's crisp, it's filled with apple. Actually looks like unlike any strudel I've ever had because the only access to strudel we have in this country that I'm aware of is like the really shitty one pound frozen ones that you get in supermarkets, which actually I really like, but I really want this strudel. Again, talking of the babish things, I watched his recreation of it. And the time and effort that goes into making something like this is kind of ins- like I would not have. I don't know if you watched if you've watched it, but you have to get this dough to the level where it's kind of like tracing paper, so like really, really thin. It, it looks crazy. I was just having a look through the cookbooks. It's in there. I just I wouldn't have the patience because I know I'd get a tiny tear in it, and then just that'd be it. The first time I made pastry i legitimately nearly had a nervous <laughs> breakdown like i i've i've never become that close to you know when you're you can't tell if you're angry because you're so close to tears or so angry it's making you cry yeah <laughs> like that level of like i need to i need an, something to happen here i need a win <laughs> yeah yeah i need but uh the pie was made it was very nice but yeah, I think my dad came into the kitchen because it's when I still lived at home. My dad just saw me like seething. It was just like, "Do you just want to buy pastry?" It's like that's not the point, <laughs> Dad. But that's it. like this goes through. Yeah, he gets to this really like really really thin, flaky again, covered in loads of butter. Yeah, or lard, or lard. <laughs> puts the fruit in, and then there's this really kind of like delicate folding and folding and folding process that gets you this really, and you have to keep basting it. So, like, you put it in the oven, you have to keep taking it out every so often to keep putting butter on top of it, and there's egg wash, and everything. 
it's just it's again it's one of those things that's kind of a labor of love if you're going to get to get to producing it well and yeah it just looks so good in this like even though it's it's weird because you kind of get taken out of the tension of the scene to a degree because you're watching like they're in this it's it's yeah it's an absurd thing to juxtapose next to one of the most tense scenes in the film yeah because you're just watching this like really delicious and there's like these really close-up shots of like scooping of the cream and stuff and dolloping it on top of it. I missed some of the subtitles because I was looking too much at the screen <laughs> the first time I watched it. Managed to pick it up a bit, but it was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. If there's, if there's two things Tarantino knows, it's strudel and feet. <laughs> I, I love how wanky we keep sounding on a food-based episode, but uh, uh, you know where is really good for pastry desserts? Salzburg. Austria is incredible for this kind of stuff. Well, Strudel is originally Austrian. It's like, yeah, it's ruining everything else levels of good. It's the same with like uh, Guinness in Dublin ruins Guinness everywhere else. I'm assuming sushi in Tokyo or sushi in Japan ruins it for everywhere else. Fucking barbecue in Texas. It's that kind of thing. Like pastry in Austria was like, oh, this is what it can taste like. (laughs) Everything else is shit. You can't go back to Greg's once you've been to Vienna. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, you, you are currently taking the award for the wankiest comment that, of, of the episode. I'm more a Wenzel's man. But yeah, I mean, I just uh, it just looks so bloody delicious. And it's there's also like this, the surroundings that they're in as well, because it's this really like fancy French hotel, like kind of like the Ritz kind of vibes. And yeah, I mean, if you weren't talking to you know, someone known as the Jew Hunter, who is objectively a terrible, terrible person and probably wants to kill you in that moment. It could be a really nice meal. I meant to get that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no follow-up to that. But, like, do you know what, like, it, it, and again, you, you're right, though, like, the juxtaposition of it all, like, if the awfulness of the person and the tension of the scene, but in this, like, really decadent setting with this amazing-looking food, it's just but it's, it's also it's, so it's also good. how good the film is is that that's again that scene wouldn't really have the same effect with any other food no like it, it's like you said it's such an absurdly delicate thing that it barely makes sense that that's what they're they're eating during a conversation where he's implying he knows who she is and all the things that could mean it, it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I want to watch that. I need to watch the film. And I think I was saying to you, I I, I don't know where it is because I've I've got a lot of stuff boxed up in in anticipation of of moving. But I have the special edition in Glorious Bastards Blu-ray when it came out, and inside it there was a recipe card for oh nice the, for the strudel, which I need to yeah make at some point because that's whilst the babish one i'm sure is great i guess that's the most authentic version i say that it's probably just put together by some marketing wanker at at the studio for the dvd release but i'm gonna say it's the most authentic version because it came with the special edition blu-ray i was condoned by my final choice then is along the same lines of fancy decadent restaurants but i'm taking it up a notch so i'm going even fancier and even more decadent because my fancy restaurant is run by a rat. So one of us was going to pick it. 
it's one of the best movies i think about like the passion behind food mm-hmm. and that is obviously pixar's 2007 film cars, oh, cars yeah it's cars <laughs> it's just the way they make the petrol <laughs> i'm going for unleaded from cars specifically cars i'll stop now um so ratatouille is another film where there's a lot of dishes from it which i think we these top three choices could have been entirely made from ratatouille and chef and i don't think anyone really would have complained but i'm going for the ratatouille so ratatouille is so it's basically just like a stewed vegetable dish and it looks it does look amazing on the screen but for me, the big takeaway is it's the idea that food can take you back in time. Mm-hmm. It's For me, it is the one scene in cinema that really sums up food. Is that this renowned bastard of a food critic um, who's always really harsh on people and is pr- basically proud that he shut down restaurants, bites into this ratatouille and is immediately transported to when he was a kid at home eating his parents cooking and it's like and that that to me is what food can do so for me it's always i i (laughs) think i think i've spent my life chasing my nan's bacon roll (laughs) so i don't know what it was or what combination of again it is probably the restaurant thing of too much butter but I don't know what it was, but it's so sometimes when I have a bacon roll, it takes me right back to when we would go down and visit them. I have similar with, so gnocchi with a very cheesy sauce used to be like a comfort food when I was a kid. So that takes me right back to when I was growing up. Sorry, I used to call a, it. You had gnocchi as a child. <laughs> I, had gnocchi as a, I had gnocchi as a child and I referred to it as cloud pasta, <laughs> which is one of the most adorable things that's ever happened. I feel, I also imagine that you still... I, I like to think that you go to an Italian restaurant and you order the cloud pasta. It took, it took me a while to... Uh, like. I, I don't know whether it was because I just... <laughs> the obvious connection. Similar to how my Thunderbirds collection was arranged as a child. <laughs> I don't know if it was just... That's what I referred to it once my parents ran with it. I don't know whether I just couldn't pronounce Noki. I don't know if I looked at the word and it scared me because that's not the letters that should be in that word. Yeah. I genuinely don't think I ever heard of Noki until I was in my 20s. Well, neither had I. I only, I only <laughs> heard of Clown Pasta. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just... I've got, it's just... I have visions of you... Sat at home, ill from school, eating a bowl of gnocchi, watching Predator. Pretty much. <laughs> With uh, to, to to cap off the limit, we used to have a blanket that was the same color and texture as a pink wafer biscuit. I, I refuse. Well, not say, I not, refuse not, not to same, believe it's the same texture as a wafer. Not not same texture, but it looked like a pink wafer okay. biscuit, and it was really fucking comfortable. Yeah, yeah, just me, big bowl of cheesy gnocchi, watching Predator and Aliens. As a nine-year-old, simpler times, <laughs> simpler times. But but for me, that's what food can do. Like sometimes you'll eat something and it will instantly kind of transport you somewhere, and I think that's amazing. You also then factor in that this is clearly a very very fancy restaurant. What is the most fancy restaurant you have been to? Oh, um, Mackey D's, mate. Yeah, I went to not like. Fanciest bar I've been to was a bar called Ozone, which is the tallest bar in Asia, I think, in Hong Kong. I don't think we ate there, though, so that, I guess that doesn't count. 
fanciest restaurant. Mm, I mean, I went I recently went to the Hamyard Hotel, which is not like crazy, crazy fancy, but um, very, very nice. We had to sit outside, obviously, because pandemic and everything. Yeah. Um, but we have eaten there and sat inside before as well. So that's that's pretty fancy, but it's not kind of like crazy, crazy. I really want to go to Noma. That's yes, I, on I, my list. We will come on to Noma because that's exactly how my answer will end <laughs> as well. So we've done the artichoke, which is in Amersham. And so my brother took... So my brother had like the shittest time ever because... My 30th and both my parents' 60th came in the same year in about a three-month period. <laughs> it's like, oh, mate. And then my partner's birthday is on the same day as mine. Yay. They took us out to the artichoke for like a big 60, 60, 30, 31 birthday thing. And the food was just insanity. Like the kind of food you can't understand. Yeah. We actually, funny enough, we have a table book there for coming up soon for um, a belated birthday thing post-pandemic very nice. much looking forward to it we also went to a place called so it, it, it's not that it's fancy it's more that concept is fancy so we went to a place called the rusty pig in devon the rusty pig is basically just a house that they've kitted out with restaurant tables the chef i i think it, he's only there a couple of days of the week the morning of he will go and find in like markets and stuff what food he has he will then go round to every table and ask if anyone's allergic to anything and then he'll make everyone food nice and it was really cheap for what it was, but it was really nice. And it also takes away the resting menu anxiety I think a lot of us suffer from. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Where he's just like, right, this is what we're doing. It's like, cool, nice, I can get behind this. Yeah, I've done a couple of Gordon Ramsay restaurants. Hoxtra Oscar was nice. Uh, another one I can't remember the name of in, in Fitzrovia, I think. And then I did the Heston Blumenthal pub. So not the fat dark, oh yeah yeah, yeah. as a pub, which was nice, and actually I think I prefer it to the idea of the fat duck because I don't know about you, but I think Hester Blumenthal's a bit of a wanker. I don't like it. That's, yeah. If 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 you don't want to be a cook, mate, don't be a cook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like it, it, it's he he he's he seems to be somebody who was bullied as a child <laughs> for liking cooking. So it's like, oh, I'm a culinary scientist. It's like, you're not. You're a very good, just own it. Yeah. You're a chef and you're, it's great. But yeah, but where I, yeah, where I really want to go to is Noma. So Noma is in Copenhagen. There's an incredible Parts Unknown episode based entirely in Noma. But I made a list of a couple of the things that they do just to show how fancy it is. Uh, so moss, <laughs> squid juice jelly, and uh, mallard head with feathers stuffed with its fried brain garnished with its own beak and a spoon to eat from made out from its own dried out tongue <laughs> fancy food i have had uh i've had the shit coffee oh which is one the, of the uh, fancier things i've had uh hoping luak is that is it elephants that eat it or some... it's it's like a jungle cat it's like a civet okay. or something but it's it's too nice i'd mentioned so i I made a bucket list once, which I think I've mentioned before was stolen. <laughs> which is not a good omen to have in your life. If there's one thing you do... So it was in my wallet and my wallet got nicked. Yeah. After Wales... Uh, Wales got the Grand Slam a couple of years ago. So I was very drunk at the time. It's probably my own fault. But still, don't steal. Yeah, my bucket list was in it. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't good. Um, but I... 
because the Cope Luak was on the bucket list in the bucket list, and I'm a meta piece of shit, obviously I'm going to put on my bucket list the thing that was in the bucket list movie on their bucket list in the bucket list bucket list. So I knew what it was when I drank it. Everybody else, I had to basically surprise them with it. Okay. And every single person who drank it was like, this is amazing. And then I told them what it was. It was like, oh, can I have another one, please? Everyone else I offered it to immediately said no. And and looked offended. I'd try it. I think I... It's not... It's, it just takes the edge off the bitterness. Yeah. I mean, yeah, why not? Try everything once, right? Yeah, right, apart from reptiles. Yeah, apart from reptiles. But yeah, the, rat- ratatouille is the opposite of all of that fancy stuff. It's just like normal hearty food. I think the meal, the meal scene in the film sums up, and the film in general, it does. It sums up everything I love about food. Similar to Chef, similar to Hook, I guess, which is a weird thing to say, but. It shows that food is... Because given that ratatouille is a very... I think they refer to it as a peasant's dish. It yeah. shows that there's a lot more to food than just the ingredients of what you're doing. There is oh, so much more around it and things like that. Because, again, e- even with me talking about how I would spend hours... I don't remember how that brisket tastes like. I just remember the process of cooking it then sitting down with friends around a table, eating the food. I don't remember what the food tasted like in Budapest, but I remember the experience of eating it. It's, and again, I mean, I'm not even sure I, I remember some of the things food reminds me of, but it's still, yeah, it's just, meh. Yeah, okay, dude. Yeah, no, I'm trying not to get too philosophical <laughs> about it. But yeah, there's just something there, isn't there? Yeah. I know what you mean, and that's that's you know taking it back to me sitting on my own uh, uh, Benny Hanna. Um, the... <laughs> that's I can't get over that mental image. <laughs> in, in, in my mental image, you're wearing a party hat <laughs> and a badge. Oh no, not not a party hat. Uh, it's it's the cracker crown. Okay, cracker crown. Right, so the crap the crown you get from a cracker and a, yeah. and a birthday badge. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like like a big number yeah yeah yeah. 30 or 40 or something yeah um, and then just yeah can i have an onion volcano please (laughs) throw me the shrimp (laughs) it's my birthday why did that come out like the vampire's kiss one i don't know (laughs) my point being is that that is arguably like it's lacking the communal and uh, because i think that's one of the big things right one i i do love cooking but i love cooking if i'm cooking for a lot of people or like for a few people Mm. cooking just to like you know the the labor of cooking something fun and interesting and then just eating it by yourself is kind of like i mean yeah it was great but i can't talk to anyone about it and they can't you know compliment me or we can't talk about like dishes that we've had that were similar or whatever it might be it's just like oh, i had some nice food but yeah i i i cooked uh because again because this is the person i am i had a a practice ham for christmas <laughs> so i wanted to try something and i wasn't 100% sure it would work so i bought a smaller ham and just made a christmas ham before christmas to see if it would work and nobody else was really around 
So I had this ham, ate it. It's like, oh, God, that's amazing. And then you immediately look around for other people. It's like, oh, <laughs> just just me then. Just me and the practice ham. Yeah. Um, plus, again, like, especially with restaurants, I think sometimes part of a restaurant experience is being able to tell, like, the Noma stuff. It, it's an experience feels like it's designed to tell people about. Yeah, I mean, I was I was just looking at a couple of other dishes while you were talking, and they have one that is live shrimp and ants. Like, you, you're yeah. not going to eat live shrimp and ants for the shits and giggles of eating live shrimp and ants. You're, you're going for the experience and then telling people, you know what I ate the other day? Some fucking live shrimp and ants. Well, and then top that off with, and you know what? It was cooked by a fucking street rat. <laughs> so I think, I think uh, Ratatouille's got it all. Apart from a health, health certificate. <laughs> Much like our local curry place. That had a zero star rating at one point. And we still went. It was the best meat curry I'd ever had, and I don't want to ask questions. Out of out of your 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 delightful meal choices, yes. what's your top three? This is difficult. I think I think I'm gonna go third place, Big Kahuna Burger. It is iconic. It is you can't beat a burger. However, it's the the other two just they just take it a level higher second place uh however it does make you immortal so maybe that should you know should should be um uh, it didn't make the guy who ordered it like uh, did someone else have to or do you have to steal it from someone you have to you have to just you have to eat the majority of it okay because because john travolta also wasn't you know but um, second place, uh, the strudel from Inglourious Bastards. It looks incredible. It is a food that is enough to take you away from a like extremely tense scene and just, as you say, miss the subtitles because you're looking at the strudel and the cream. But in first place, it has to be the Cubano from Chef. Like, it's it's there's not much more to be said. It is it is the king of all sandwiches and i want it in my face now please yeah i i i agree with that rundown if we were just going on food i might have put the burger above the strudel because i prefer burgers to strudels but as an actual meal scene the strudel scene's fucking amazing my choice is uh number three even though it was good enough to kill for i think i'm gonna go porco pabil just because i think the other two are better rather than porco pabil being bad my second choice i'm going hook because I think the, again, it kind of really shows kind of the experience of a meal and eating with other people. And then number one, uh, Ratatouille, because I think it is, again, similar with Chef, I think it really shows kind of the, the passion behind food, what it can mean. And I do think it is an iconic kind of meal moment, at least, uh, in the film when he bites into the Ratatouille and... I think everyone can empathise with that. Yeah. Um, in terms of a joint top three, yeah. which to hark back to the intro, which we never explain, is the point of the podcast. <laughs> um, what are you thinking? So f- for me, Cubana and Ratatouille are one and two. Yeah. It's just a question of which way round it goes. Yeah. And I think for me that that comes down to what you see a movie meal as mm-hmm. 
Because arguably I would say the Cubano is the better food, therefore the better meal. But the better meal scene is probably the Ratatouille. So is the tiebreaker what we would want to eat? <laughs> I, th- I think it's got to be, right? Like, it's, it has to be the... Yeah, at the end of the day, what, what, are you, what are you putting in your face? Cubano number one! <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, the Ratatouille looks great, but the Cubano is from from experience is fucking insane yeah it's as so robert rodriguez talks about it on the chef show of he kind of recommends that you so first of all you cook the movie you like uh, sorry you cook the food you like to eat yeah which makes a lot of sense but i think it needs to be said to you but he also talks about kind of perfecting like three or four meals and then having those as like your go-to yeah things and i think the the pork in the Cubano is one of mine. I will I will make that every month or two because it's so good. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. But like you said, it's tough to tough to do by yourself. Like preparing to like cooking a food cooking food which takes two days. Is is Alexa getting in on things again? Yeah, for a moment I thought it was someone outside that <laughs> really fucking freaked me out. <laughs> um yeah, preparing food that takes two days for yourself is a bit anticlimactic regardless of how nice it is but so i would go yeah cubano one ratatouille two what are we saying for three so i feel like i i have fucked myself into a corner with this one because like i said i want to try and cook the top three and <laughs> right now it is between a strudel which will give me a nervous breakdown or imaginary food <laughs> yeah I, that's that's my only issue with with hook is technically there isn't anything yeah like I, I agree. that that also means it's it's simultaneously everything and absolutely nothing. <laughs> it would mean that you could kind of just photo, you could just take a picture of an empty plate and say that you've cooked the food from. That would be the way out, but I would try and actually do something that looks like it's from that scene, just like a perfect like Robin Williams face cake. <laughs> I think I'm going against my better judgment here, but I think it has to be the. For everything we've spoken about, of like the experience of yeah. of eating and stuff, it, e- eating with a Nazi, <laughs> it, it kind of has to be Hook because I can't, I yeah. can't, I cannot justify eating with a Nazi who wants to kill you over eating with like a, a gang of misfits and miscreants um, who are just enjoying with childlike wonder all of the food ever. Yeah, I think it's also. Like, ask me again once the world's opened up again, but this is kind of what you miss, of, I think, like you said, about kind of commun- the communal eating experience. And it is, I-, I think, in the end, I think when you think of a movie meal scene, a lot of people are going to think of Hook. Yeah. Regardless of how nice that strudel looks. Yeah, the strudel is the strudel is what you want to eat if you're convinced the person you're eating with is going to kill you at some point. But if the other option is is a banquet with uh, a load of people having a big food fight, then you go with that. Oh yeah, but also like, hang on, just give me a moment. Yeah, just I just imagined a strudel, so we're good. There'll be <laughs> a strudel at the end of the table with a little flag in that says Graham's brackets lactose free close brackets. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, the podcast nobody asked for is top three movie meals. Number three, we have the feast from Hook. Number two, we have the Ratatouille from Ratatouille. And number one, we have the Cubano from Chef. So 
like I said, I'm going to try and cook. I'm going to try and cook the Cubano ratatouille in every food ever. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try and cook these top three, because why not? And that will be on our Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. Um, you can also find us on Kofi at the same name, where you can donate some money, and that all goes to making the podcast bigger and better. Because like we said earlier, we are an independent podcast, and the more help we get, the less we have to inquire into getting Squarespace on or something. <laughs> as much as we do want to tell you about how easy it is to design a website using Square. Um, but if, um, yeah, if you've been inspired by our talk of movie food, maybe you want to send us some pictures um, on Twitter of some things you've cooked from the movies, please do so. Our Twitter handle is nobody asked for pod with the number four. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook at the same address. Uh, and leave us a review on Apple Podcast with any future episode ideas you'll have. And we will do the best ones. So, yeah. And I mean, another shout out again, just like the seriously, the whole binging with the Versh stuff is incredible. I'd strongly recommend the cookbook. The YouTube channel's great. I'm probably, I think there'll be. Yeah, we'll link it in the episode notes or something. But yeah, I am fucking starving. <laughs> I know, and it's it's 20 minutes to midnight and I'm contemplating seeing what's available on Deliveroo. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, if I, if I start the Cubano now, it'll be ready in 48 hours. for this yeah like all jokes aside i'm starving <laughs>